0: I've got some great news for Football Nation Radio listeners. Our supportive partner, Northern Motor Group, is offering $250 off any in-stock vehicle this end of financial year. That's if you take delivery before the 30th of June. With eight big car brands, MG, Nissan, Kia, Isuzu, Ute, Jeep, Ram, Samsung... Peugeot and Pacific Caravans, it's literally a one-stop shop for all your driving needs. Plus, with over 150 quality pre-owned vehicles, Northern Motor Group really does have your next vehicle purchase ready and waiting. Don't wait. Visit www.northernmotorgroup.com.au today. They're in Grimshaw Street, Bundoora. And tell them George sent you LMCT 6595. You're listening to the State of Our Football Nation on FNR. Another week, another episode on Football Nation Radio of State of Our Football Nation. Uh, My co-host is Bakua Frimpong. Uh, Not calling the football at the moment because it's in hiatus, Uh, but she is doing a thousand other things. Massive Arsenal fan, huge lover of the game. Getting very excited because we're under a month now away from the World Cup Down Under, which features Australia and New Zealand and the rest of the world. How many nations are coming down under, Pakua? Oh, my days,
1: George. That's a lot. <laughs> Is it 32? Or am I, my, my Plenty are-, are coming. Oh my the world's
0: coming. We've got guests from around the world. And can I just say, I've heard some outstanding news today. Marvel Stadium will be nigh on capacity for the send-off game. I think
1: there's one seat left.
0: It, and it may have a restricted view. <laughs> yeah. uh, it'll be Australia. The Matildas against France should be an absolute belter. Uh, the atmosphere alone will be, you know, like lighting a match. It'll be super exciting. Um, and I'm thrilled a bit to be able to reach out via Zoom to a place called Sydney. Y- you've heard of... Sydney, I Avenue. when are you heading to Sydney, Pakua?
1: I believe it's July fourteenth.
0: You're a special guest of fourteenth. I think our yes. very first guest. Um, our very first guest is a uh, a woman of many talents: publisher, founder, creator, business owner, a strategist, author, writer. Uh, dare I say, whistleblower? She's helped to build. The football culture in this country, and Lord knows we needed to give it every best effort to to improve. And she's done it by uh, being right there and providing and facilitating uh, a host of different people and giving them a chance to share their stories. Um, she's a former senior executive with the Australian government in finance, in health, in aged care and education, and in sport. Uh, please welcome Benita Merciades. Welcome.
2: Hi, George. Hi, Pakua. How are you guys? Did both?
0: I pump up your tyres enough? Uh, no,
2: I must admit I sort of thought, Where, where's, where's
0: that from? Where is he going? Where is he going? Look, <laughs> for, can I also take this opportunity to please pass on our uh, deepest sympathies and uh, prayers to the family? You've lost someone very, very close to you uh, that meant the world to you. And and I can understand how difficult the last month has been. But can I take this opportunity to say thank you for coming on? You've been so, so busy. And then you've had that personal tragedy, which which has affected the whole family. And you haven't stopped. You You haven't stopped. And you've got a a humongous festival of football. Um, Tell us more about it. it. It's not far away now.
2: No, uh, as of Saturday, it's three weeks to go, um, and which means it's three weeks and four days or something till the actual World Cup kicks off as well. Oh no! And yeah, the Football Writers' Festival has become a little bit bigger than Ben Hur. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's it's three days. It's an absolute fantastic lineup of people. We probably won't see assembled in Australia for some time to come, if ever again, in terms of their independent yeah. thinking, um, the fact that, you know, they're not aligned to any sort of official football entity, that sort of thing, they, they, um, they're authors, they're writers, they're journalists, commentators. Um, so it'll be it's a really good mix of people both internationally and locally.
0: Uh, Benita, I'm just going to say for the younger members in the audience, um, we need to explain... The value of Ben-Hur. Ben-Hur was a superb <laughs> movie that won four million awards when it was first released. i actually seen it, Starred George. a guy called Charlton Hest. Really? I
1: have. Pukua. I George, I'm not going to lie to you. There was a period of my life I was extremely obsessed with uh, movies from that era of time. Wow.
0: Eclectic obsessed. filmmaker. It's a good uh, film. Du jour. Uh, <laughs> Frimpong, um, who, by the way, will also be one of your guests at the uh, Writers' Festival.
1: I'm excited. I'm yeah. very, very excited.
0: How are you going to yeah. use her? Are you going to use her talents up front with a microphone or <laughs> at the back with a microphone?
2: Oh, no, absolutely up front. Baku is going to be part of one of the, the showpiece um, parts of the whole festival. So We're she having should. A, a great debate on whether the Women's World Cup will be a game changer for football in Australia, which is an important issue. Huge and issue. And I think, Huge. Um, you know, there, there are people who are passionate about it. Both from a, uh, an affirmative perspective and those from the negative perspective, and so it'll be um, a really interesting debate. Um, one of the things, though, about the festival, which I think is good and why it's important to bring people together face to face, sometimes um, it's all very respectful. So you can have you can disagree with someone passionately, but it's you disagree politely <laughs> and 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 uh, it's very respectful and people are just happy to have the discussion. And I've sort of been reflecting on why that's the case. And I think it's because with social media, people hide behind who they are. Oh, yeah. um, I mean, most people, some people don't even say who they are. Yeah. But even those that do, they sort of... Take on a persona of being a bit meaner and gruffer and everything than what they might otherwise be in person.
0: Yeah, coward's so think- <laughs> castle. It's it's a it's a wonderful thing to hide behind uh, uh, some sort of or some style of avatar and then say whatever you wish. It's the worst form of 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 um, you know people being allowed to publish. You're a publisher. You understand the responsibility, and you have allowed a fabulous gallery of, of writers from around the world, uh, and you've supported them to tell their stories, and they've been magnificent. Fair Play uh, Publishing does some tremendous work, and already this year, we've seen some marvellous publications, some great storytellers out there, and you're going to bring some of them here. Who are you looking forward to? I know you sh- I shouldn't ask you to, to name your favourite <laughs> child, uh, but who are you looking <laughs> forward to seeing, Benita? Uh, not the most, but who are you looking forward to seeing first up?
2: Um, well, I guess I'll start with the international crew, simply yep. because we don't see them as often, or if, if at all. Um, and so one of my very favourite uh, commentators is Philippe Auclair. Um He's long been the um, correspondent for France football. He's done a lot of work um for a long time and most recently with um jack kerr who is from melbourne uh on gambling and betting and match fixing and that's really important work um people i've met over the years such as Asasu bayuana who is from nigeria and he's uh as he will remind everybody first he's a lawyer (laughs) which you can tell as soon as he opens his mouth, <laughs> he just speaks <laughs> like a lawyer. Hello, all you lawyers out there. <laughs> um, but he's also a journalist and has been as important journalist uh, on African football for many, many years with the BBC and other other magazines. Um, Ines Mazar from Egypt, she is the deputy, she's the sports editor of Al-Haram magazine in Egypt. And, you know, she's got an amazing story to tell just simply because how does a woman get to be in that role in Egypt? Um and so, you know, it'll be great to see some of those people and hear some of those stories. And then of course there's um, Marcella, and I, I'm not good with my I have meant to ask Andy Bernal how to pronounce this <laughs> properly, but Marcella Mora Icarajo.
0: Well, it's Argentinian.
2: Yeah, it's pretty good, isn't it? From,
0: from Castellano, yeah, country. Yeah, go yeah, on.
2: She well, she is one of the few people alive who's interviewed the holy Argentine Trinity of of De Stefano, Maradona and wow. Messi. Wow. So that alone, you know, it's pretty, pretty impressive. Well, so De that, Stefano, you know, De Stefano and
0: Pushkash uh, uh, Benita were the two men that uh, that helped to shape the history that is Real Madrid. Yes. Two marvellous footballers. And you know, there's a Pushkash documentary coming. And yes, it's, I, and it's, I have
2: seen that. Around. And now it's yes.
0: complete and they're waiting to do the incidentals and pay off a few other commitments that they have. But you know what resonates even more about the Pushkash documentary? Uh, The piece that includes a guy called Ange Postacoglu. And he couldn't be more nascent. He couldn't be more present. He couldn't be more in the uh, bullseye. And I'm just wondering if they might rush the documentary out. What are your your thoughts on that? Is that a... Distinct possibility?
2: Oh, certainly something that they would look at doing for sure. Wow. Yeah. And I, I'm sure there'll be a lot of interest in that documentary.
0: Uh, it's, it tells yet another um, uh, uh, story about uh, an, an incredible person who no one ever imagined, uh, and especially the Hungarian community, never imagined they would see, ever get to see, the the, the man known as the Galloping Major. The, the superstar captain of the great Hungarian side of the late 40s and the early 50s, the man who helped, along with De Stefano, as we touched on a moment ago, in shaping this this enormous history that is Real Madrid today. They they went out of their way and, and, and just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning at a, at a time when it was so important, especially when you're establishing yourself as a, a reputation maker. Um, tell me something uh, – you've had some fabulous books come out this year mm-hmm. and you've got some more to come, especially with the World Cup. Um, has there been one that you've been very, very proud of? I know you're proud of all of them, but is there one that just just fits the occasion and has a lot to say? Uh,
2: look, there's quite a few that fit the occasion and, you know, that's that's been deliberate. Um, and, you know, again, that's a bit like asking which is your favourite <laughs> child, know, but... Know. Look, the one I'll mention is one that um, I've compiled and it's called Hear Us Roar, an anthology of emerging women football writers. Um, That came about because of a global competition that we ran. And I actually went to FIFA and to the local organising committee of the World Cup. In December or November 2021, and suggested this idea to them, and said, "You know, what you should do this to encourage young women to be part of of, of football from a different perspective, not just on the game, mm. on the field." Um, no response, so I decided, sort of, you know, nine months later, I'll just do it myself <laughs> and put to put together um, an international judging panel, and we got hundreds of entries from around the world. Uh, narrowed it down to 17 that we've published in this anthology Um, and there's 17 people from 11 countries and four of them are coming to the Writers Festival um, which is fantastic someone uh, Stephanie from um, Kenya, Alina from Germany, Flora from England and Olga from Brazil Um, so and they've all written very different pieces as well as and the 17 pieces that are in the anthology yeah, some of them are about football business, some of them are player profiles, some of them are personal stories, some of them about development of the game within their own country. So there's some really great and different reads in there. And I think the most encouraging and heartening and a wonderful thing about it is it reminds all of us that football, cult- football culture is truly global. And and just as we know people and and are people who are passionate about the game here, so they are all over the world. And for some of these young women in particular, um, and in particular you'll notice there's quite a strong contribution from Africa, um, it's their only contribution, it's the only opportunity they've had to be published. So it's, you know, it's fantastic that we've been able to do so. Um, each of the people who have been selected for publication have received a a small payment, but all of the proceeds from that book when it's sold will go to be split between the Literacy for Life Foundation, which is an Aboriginal adult literacy um, charity, and Thomas Hitzelsberger's Future for Nepal, um, because he's put together a charity which is raising money to build a school and a football field in a Nepalese village impacted by the building of the 2022 World Cup. So, you know, it's just such a good story all around from, you know, encouraging young women to, to write, getting, you know, understanding the passion that's so worldwide and then what what's happening with the proceeds is not that anyone's sort of profiting from it. It's just a genuinely good story all around. When
1: you speak about that, you realise the, obviously, the impact of having the and access. The energy, and yeah, the energy having the access to, to pursue your goals and to be able to you know speak about the joys that you have for football particularly you know I'm incredibly passionate of coming from Africa allowing that opportunity to young people there because I recognize how difficult it is and I've got family members who you know love sport and passionate about it but it's also incredibly difficult over there to find people who will give you an opportunity particularly if you are a woman but I want to ask Benita when you're adding these kinds of things into the Football Writers Festival and adding it as another layer how do you go about each year expanding it and 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 bringing in fresh ideas that allow it to to grow and be bigger and better than either year it was before
2: Um
0: through many sleepless nights <laughs> uh, yeah <laughs> so We're true buying,
2: uh, bouncing ideas and we do we do a um a, a survey of everyone afterwards to, to get feedback um, and that's always very helpful. Of course, not everybody has the same ideas and the same thoughts about what what works and what doesn't because everybody gets different things from it. Um, but literally just sort of thinking around the themes for the year, um, obviously there's a strong um, themes around we called the theme Hear Us Raw. It's about women because obviously we're co-hosting the Women's World Cup. Mm. Um, but Getting a theme and then thinking about the, the speakers, and then also looking at the books that have been published over the previous 12 or 18 months, as it has been the case this year. I mean, we alone in Fair Play Publishing have published 11 books so far this year, and we've got a oh, sorry, 12 so far this year, and another eight to go before the World Cup. I mean, we've, we're just pumping them out at the moment all on football. Um, but plus there's a couple of other publishers in Australia who have published some books too, so it's, it's good to be able to welcome them to the Writers' Festival like a proper Writers' Festival.
0: Now, you're a long-time football lover. Uh, as I touched on, uh, you have had so many different hats to wear. When I say to you that Marvel will be near capacity, and I mean, we're saying that the gates may well be locked uh, <laughs> because they've got so many people... Imagine the atmosphere for our Matildas when they come out for their send-off match uh, against France. And then a week later, you know, they've, we know now that we're going to have a record crowd at Marvel, right, to exceed, I think the current record is 36,000. So already we know they've broken that record. But a week later, or thereabouts, when Australia sets up to walk onto the pitch to play Ireland, um, the, that, that record will be shattered Because we're talking 91,000 people. How does that make you feel?
2: Uh, Look, I think it's wonderful and it's a testament to so many people who've helped uh, build and develop not just women's football but the game overall. Um, you know, women's football is, and this is one of the issues that we'll discuss at the festival mm. as well. it's it's going through very strong moments at the moment for a whole range of reasons, not just related to football, but what's going on in society as well. Um, I, I was so told that, you know, half a years
0: was told half a dozen years ago, who wants to watch women's sport?
2: Yeah, I think the answers think, are
0: coming think, thick and fast.
2: I think most people have sort of moved on from that, yep. um, which is yep. which is great. Yep. And as I said, you know, football or sport is mm. benefiting also from a broader movement around women and gender equity, which is which is fantastic. Um, but you know, to everybody who's ever dreamed of the moment where we'd be. Hosting a, a World Cup at home, and we have hosted World Cups at home before. Yes, the the World Youth, Youth Cup teams, yeah. um, and having ninety-one thousand at the opening match, um, it's absolutely wonderful, and, and and not to be unexpected, really. And you know, let's just hope that we make it to the final because that's what Australian football fans deserve.
0: Oh, I was going to say it would be quite, oh, just breathtaking to think that Australia could be there for the final game of the tournament. Uh, and I think the venue is Sydney, is it not, for the final?
1: Yes. Yes, it is. Wow.
0: So it starts in New Zealand yep. and finishes in Australia, in Sydney. And I'm just thinking it was only a year or two ago or 18 months ago when we saw the Li- – no, a year ago when the Lionesses turned Europe up and down by playing some outstanding football and winning the, Europe, the European Championship. Um, and the the media has jumped on board. Are we going to get the television coverage that the, this World Cup deserves across the globe?
2: Well, slowly but surely, um, FIFA seems to have been doing deals. Uh-huh. I think there's still a few um, areas that are holding out. I mean, last I read, uh, Japan still didn't have any broadcaster, which is pretty outrageous considering... Um, You know, the Japanese women are very, very good and and always sort of there or thereabouts in the the World Cup. Um, But I I think, you know, as much as um, FIFA's trying to make a point in sort of probably a bit too clever by half by saying this should be self-funding, I think they also see that part of growing the game is making sure that people can actually see it. So I think they're making those deals.
0: That is that that is just um, for me at this stage with weeks to go now, under a month to see the women's World Cup in Australia and New Zealand. Not to have those things locked in, but again, as you said, th- things are happening behind the scenes. Um, I, we we hear that there are uh, a number of deals going on. What have you made about uh, the Matildas uh, gathering themselves now, and they're getting closer and closer to their very own home in Victoria?
2: Uh, Look, I think that's all part of the same um, push and same movement of work that's been going on for years. And, you know, we're getting to this point where it's almost like a perfect storm type thing where so many things have happened at once which has helped support um, women's sport. To the point where it should be. I mean, it's not that they're getting anything special. It's it's getting to the point where that's how the sport, and that's how women's sport, but our sport in particular should be supported and should be treated. Um, so I think having a home of Matildas and a home and a home of the Socceroos, I think that's necessary as well. Um, uh, they're all they're all good and great things.
0: Uh, we we saw uh, one of the big sporting giants, namely P- uh, Puma, come on board. And offer enormous support for the original Matildas. How do you feel about that?
2: Well, we've got a book out about that, which we—the um, person who wrote it—is Dr. Greg Downs, and you know he um, started writing it quite some time before the issue was was raised in the the media. So, because books take a while you know, before they actually appear. Um, look, and I, I've I've got. I've written about this myself too and it's hard to see um, when someone's played in the green and gold and they have the Australian Crest and it's been endorsed by the Australian Soccer Federation and it's a FIFA-sanctioned match, um, it's hard to see how they've not played for Australia. So I, I sort of think it's a little bit of history that needs writing and I understand that there are some people who may be a little bit put out by it. Um, but it's better to get history right, than for the sake of you know, then worrying about people, wor- people being a little bit put out about it.
0: As a newsman, um, as a newsman, I always want the 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 true story, the the accurate story, and I and I don't care for uh, this rewriting of history. If indeed they were, and I I'm led to believe by. Any number of sources, and even the players themselves—that was their understanding. They were representing Australia, and to think that there's a stumbling block and they cannot get that credibility or that um, uh, that uh, anointment as as the original Matildas just beggars belief.
1: Uh, maybe I'm just obviously a little bit naive no, about the subject, but I was just wondering: what is the opposition? to it I'm I'm just uh, I'm
2: just we should read the book oh oh, absolutely but (laughs) yeah what is the the, no no I I mean definitely read the book by Greg Downs because it's an oral history I mean he's spoken with most of the women so it's really interesting from that perspective but I mean the short answer to that question is the opposition that what they what they say is that this was basically a club team um, it wasn't wholly a club team, but it, it was principally it was principally made up of a club team. But there was a whole lot of reasons for that. First of all, the Australian Women's Soccer Association didn't even exist in 1974 75, um, in the form that later came to be. Sure, um, and so there was no such thing. It, there wasn't any. It wasn't anything on the horizon of of women playing international games. So there was no sort of process in place to select them or that sort of thing. Um, The invitation was put to a group of women, you know, would you like to take part in this and represent Australia? I mean, they were the words used. And they were like other national teams have had to do beforehand as well. They had to raise their own money and have labbington drives and do all sorts of things to get there. Um, And people even try to say, oh, well, that just proves it wasn't a proper team. But that defies what the times were. We're talking about 1975. I mean, Jesus, I was Socceroo's team manager in the 1990s, and I know that sometimes the players had to pay. There you go. um, So let alone 1975 and women. And... You know, let's not forget too. 1975 was International Year of the Women, uh, International Year of Women. Um, for those of us who are old enough to remember, and there, you know, there was a great movement on the, to get to get women more involved in in everyday things. One of which was international football tournaments, and it, the people who sort of pushed this from an Asian football confederation perspective were really. Ahead of their time, and the Asian Football Confederation to this day considers that tournament to be the first Asian foot, uh, Asian Championship for women. Did
0: you get your answer.
2: I did get my answer. There you go. But yeah, do read the book and have a <laughs> chat to Greg when you see him, because he's uh, full bottle on it.
0: <laughs> if, if if I was Pakur and I'm not, I'm not pushing her to do it, but I would, I would seek out an interview, and we can play it on air.
1: Yeah, be um,
0: fantastic for a segment for State of Our Football Nation.
1: Yeah, I think that would be a good
0: idea. Gate crash and make it happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, Benita, uh, there are. I'm sure there are people who want to get involved, uh, and if they do, how do they go about it? And what's uh, and what's required? Uh, is there is there a, 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 a fee that they have to pay uh, to participate or be a guest or whatever? Uh,
2: yeah, it's um. Uh, you can get a day ticket, like yes. Saturday, Sunday, or Monday. Uh, that. Ranges in price from twenty eight to thirty two dollars, yep. um, which includes morning and afternoon refreshments. Or there, you can get it for the three days and including the happy hour and hypothetical. That's about one hundred and twenty dollars. So that's where you get to
0: mingle it. with everyone.
2: Yeah, and look, and the hypothetical will be fantastic. It's being held in a theatre, <clears throat> and we just put something out on social media earlier today about it. The scenario is it's twenty thirty four. Saudi Arabia is about to host the World Cup. <laughs> yeah. Champions League is Champions League is the the power of the Champions League has been eroded by the new club World Cup. Um the Very City topical. Football Group just bought Very- their twenty six football club. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there all these scenarios which are going to sort of be discussed. And and you'll be interested to know with the City Football Group when I actually mentioned it to Simon Pearce and just sort of said, oh, you might be interested in this. And he said, oh, no, we're not going to buy 26 teams. <laughs> so- Have
0: you heard the latest uh, from Mansour? He's, he's actually come out now and he's saying we're going to not only build because they've got a new Brazilian club uh, that's joined the City Group, um, so the numbers are building. And he's yes. also and he's also saying we're going to strive to make this uh, this uh, City football group bigger and stronger than it is today. And uh, we are very keen to not only pursue uh, and and uh, and uh, expose the best young talent around the world. But, but bring them through our various uh, uh, teams and uh, our academies. So, you know, the, the hypothetical is getting closer and closer and closer. Who's going to host it?
2: Uh, it's being anchored by Nick Harris, who is from the UK. He um, runs Sporting Intelligence. He's um, uh, a invest, senior investigative reporter with The Mail on Sunday. Oh, that um, should be fun. He... he Yeah, he knows these issues inside out. Of course, he does. Um, And it, you know, it includes the panel includes Tarek Panja from the New York Times. Um, It includes locals such as Brendan Schwab, and who, of course, has worked very a lot internationally as well. Nick Galatas, So, because there'll be issues around um, the national part of the twenty thirty four scenario is that the USA and Australia still don't have promotion and relegation. So, you know, there's a whole lot of fun and serious and could-be-happening-type issues in that hypothetical with a really strong panel.
0: Uh, Are you going to film any of this or is it being covered by a a network?
2: Um, We are not filming that um, session, no. Geez, I would.
0: Yeah. I would. Just a a, a a note. Think about it. should be very exciting.
2: (laughs) Yeah. There's a a practical issue with it, which we're still Um, trying to sort out.
0: All right. Well, I wish you every success. Uh, Benita, um, we're we're entering the final straight. There were times that people were thinking this was never going to happen. Well, it's it's on our shores within weeks. We're, we're going to have the world down under. We're going to have some of the biggest teams in the world, and uh, and I'm I'm already thinking of uh, the Port Melbourne um, custodians of the ground uh, that uh, Port Phillip Council is supposed to be looking after. They promised. They would uh, make sure they would upgrade the facilities, and, and the last thing they did was um, find a way to excuse themselves from doing the right thing and making sure the facility is uh, up to scratch, which shows you that even with the best laid promises and commitments, some people still have the capacity to let you down. I'm hoping, though, that we can bounce past all that uh, that, um, that interference and see something not only historic, uh, but um, remarkable and, and able to change not only the mood in this country, but the way people perceive this, the game and uh, leave, leave a lasting legacy that will resonate for years to come. I know Pakur uh, is uh, wearing the biggest smile you have ever seen. Probably, probably she'll have a slightly bigger smile when you see her in person. But That's for uh, sure. she's excited about the, the Writers' Festival. And, and how many days are you doing? Three days.
1: Well, I'll be I'll be talking on the Monday, uh, but I'll certainly be around and you know, obviously, going to see some of these other talks as well because. And what are you
0: talking about on the Monday?
1: Uh, so on the Monday, we're talking about uh, will the. Let me get the actual exact wording <laughs> it's, it's of the, the question. It's the great debate. Yeah, the great. Let me get the exact wording of the question. It's Go on. That the women's uh, that the women's World Cup will be a cha- game changer for Australian football, and yeah. uh, I'm on the uh, yes side of that debate. Yeah,
0: I, I'm backing the yes. The yes case, I think you you will um, you will emerge from that not only triumphant but um, wearing an even bigger smile than you normally do. Uh, Benita, thank you very George, much. We can sh- I
2: just go back to your comment on Port Melbourne?
0: Yes, the uh, the, I know uh, the, area the well. ground the ground and the Port Phillip Council have been tardy.
2: Yes, and, and that's a shame to hear because it's not only about the future and the present, but the past. Um, I. Long, long time ago, Fisherman's Bend migrant hostel used to be in that area. Yes, yes, I, I know it because I lived there,
0: uh-huh. and
2: I lived in the migrant hostel. And those the people who lived in that hostel also used that ground, um, and so it's actually part of Port Melbourne's history because all those yeah, people. Just, just don't there, tell Port, Port Phillip
0: there. Council because they're um, they're incapable of uh, truly appreciating something that uh, staring them in the face. It's a, it's a wonderful way if they do it right. To pay to pay uh, homage to uh, all those that have come before, from the early settlers uh, to that that vast generation of immigrants through the the fifties and sixties, and this is this would be a tremendous uh, crowning moment for them to say we're proud members of the community, we're a proud council, and look what we've done for uh, the people of uh, of Port Phillip, but clearly. Uh, yeah, there's uh, there's an awful lot of interference from other agencies and um, that's an, a story for another time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, once again, thank you for giving us your time. Uh, we wish you a fantastic month and um, go the Writers' Festival. Make some history, yeah. Benita.
2: Thank you and same to you both. And I look forward to seeing you, Pakua, and
0: all the best. Thank you. Thank you. Benita Merciades, just doing what she normally does – giving us a chance to think about the game, to think about the people behind the game, and to think about the wonderful people who've made it their uh, life mission to tell great stories. And uh, she's publishing, uh, through Fair Play Publishing, uh, the, the company, uh, as many books on the subject as possible. We'll take a short break. When we come back, uh, an opportunity to talk to Paul Iliopoulos from Football Victoria about – the home of the Matildas, the new home of the Matildas, and about some of the things that Football Victoria is getting immersed in and when their next business function is uh, ready to rock and roll.